Hey guys, it's Jonathan Suber, and guess what? We have done uh, quite a few uh, audio podcasts on Spotify and all sorts of different platforms, but this is our very first time in our own little private studio. Uh, we're calling it the Omni Studio because we are launching the Oasis Ministries Network International, which you'll be hearing a lot more about. Um, but this is my first time. We'll be having guests. We have different sets. Um, it's really exciting. And I have just to give kudos. My brother-in-law, Jeremy Ledoux, many of you that know me, know him, Michelle, my sister. Uh, they're always behind the scenes making what we do even better and, and supporting our vision, which has been invaluable. And he basically did all this, found the right material we needed, found the right, uh, we had the, the, we had the lights and we had the mics, but finding the right cameras and the right setting and getting the soundproofing and all that. So it's been a big deal. So welcome. Today is the very first one and it's going to kind of be a trial run. It may not be perfect, um, but I'm just going to talk to you really from my heart today. Um, as you know, we call this practically prophetic and I try to be very practical. And in the last few months, we've done audio uh, sessions and then I do a live every Wednesday. I don't know if you've been on my lives. Uh, you can get on my Facebook uh, and just Bishop Jonathan Suber and look at my lives. And people laugh when I say that Bishop Jonathan Suber because I have been consecrated as a bishop um, in diverse different denominations and backgrounds uh, since 2009. Uh, we were consecrated a couple of years ago as bishops and presbyters in the Destiny Network that we're part of. But honestly, bishop is a nickname. So don't think I'm being ecclesiastical or super spiritual or trying to be something I'm not. People make fun of me all the time. And I'm like, you know, you have to understand people have been calling me bishop since I was 14 years old. Um, I came home from Africa at 18, kind of with that preacher voice and the Afrocentric style. If you know me, I preach very much with an Afrocentric, um, more old school Pentecostal or even what some would call the black church style, even though I'm definitely Caucasian. I'm not trying to imitate anybody. I, I, matter of fact, I can't stand people that try to imitate people and preach certain styles. But sometimes things just bleed out of me of how I was raised and who formed me and who my mentors were and my favorite preachers were and and all of that just bleeds out. So when it says Bishop Jonathan Suber, don't just think it's a, a ecclesiastical title of respect or, oh, I got to call him. No, it's actually a nickname, honestly. People started calling me Papa and Bishop back when I was, before I was even 20 years old. Matter of fact, all of the best men in our wedding, uh, called Stephanie and I Papa and Mama when we first got married. So we're just now stepping into our destiny with grandkids. We're just now able to be Papa, which she refuses to be Mama. Um, but I embrace it. I'm just going to be Papa and Bishop uh, in this season. But in this season of the last couple of years, so many people have struggled with discouragement and depression. And I deal with people every day. We deal with it with our own lives, dealing with our own overcoming sicknesses and overcoming attacks of the enemy and overcoming, you know, financial issues and roadblocks and you know, pastoring and ministry. And I deal with so many pastors that are going through things that are basically life-threatening almost every day and their marriages, their emotions, their finances. And then I deal with so many of the, 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 the people of God who are just living in this season. And it seems to be the season of oppression. We're coming out of something. Many are coming out of COVID. And then now we have all the political unrest in the world. Our hearts are broken because of what's happening with Israel around the world. We have so many things. And it looks like uh, what the Apostle Paul says. We're just surrounded. We're perplexed. We're surrounded on every hand, on every side. And I want to talk about that a little bit today. 
And basically, I did a series years ago. I'm going to be revisiting uh, next year. I'm actually going to be doing, I'm going to be hosting a few days of just teaching and prayer for those that want to partner with us and come to that. But one of the segments of that is what I've called for years, help for a wounded spirit. And there have been several things that have happened the last couple of days. I've just had this on my heart. And if you've watched my Friday, uh, not my Friday, my Wednesday, if you watch my Wednesday lives, uh, last week it was Friday, so that kind of threw me off. But if you watch my Wednesday lives, I dealt with this. I dealt with this whole thing about the, the downward spiral of despair. I've talked about despair. I've talked about discouragement. I've talked about even mental illness in the church and, um, the emotional side of people who are gifted and, and where's the difference between the gifts of the spirit and, and bipolar or personality disorders and all these kind of things. We've dealt with that kind of skimmed it. But today I really want to hone in on this concept that I did talk about in the sermon about two years ago. And then I did talk about it live, but many of you may not have heard me talk about this thing that about two years ago, I was really praying about discouragement and depression and the people of God being depressed. And I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke, literally spoke to me so strong and said, you're not struggling with discouragement. You're struggling with disappointment. You're struggling. And I was like, what, what is disappointment? And disappointment is basically, uh, delayed hope. The psalmist said very clearly that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And that's what disappointment is. It's when your hopes and your dreams, your aspirations, whether it's your health, your finances, your marriage, your ministry, whatever it is that got it, when it looks like it's put on pause or it's been detoured or it literally has been delayed or it seems at this point it's hopeless. And that hopelessness leads us to disappointment which leads us to disillusionment. And there are so many people I'm dealing with that seem to literally be disillusioned with God or for lack of a better word, people are telling me, I feel like I'm losing my faith. I feel like I'm struggling with my faith. And, and someone even told me yesterday that they were really struggling with fear because they've had for real, true circumstances that have just been so real and so heartbreaking and so disappointing. And and she said to me, I feel like I'm struggling with fear. And all of a sudden, I don't even know where it come from. And I said, well, I'm going to pray that you can hear more word because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. I'm not going to pray against fear. I'm going to pray that you can hear better that you can hear the right word that can increase more faith. And that's that's kind of the platform of where I'm coming to today, where I'm coming from on this concept. Let's just look a bit at what the Apostle Paul talked about. And I love reading the Amplified Version, but in 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, he says it this way. He said, we're hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way. This is the Amplified, and he's using that troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. So how can I be troubled and perplexed over here, but not cramped or crushed? We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. There's that word, but not driven to despair. And that's what I want to talk about today. How do we in today's world? He's writing this 2000 years ago. Of course, he's at the Roman Empire. There are so many things. The spirit of religion, Judaism is trying to kill him. The Roman Empire is at the point of literally imploding and Christians are being thrown to the gladiators. And right after he writes this, they're dipping Christians in wax and hanging them up and lighting them up like candles where we literally get the first term 
of Roman candles were Christians that were hung up and literally lit, burned alive uh, in the days of Nero. There's so many things, atrocities that are happening in that point. And he says, but we're not driven to despair. And so in my concept, coming to people and believers today from a practical standpoint, I just really want to hone into that and talk about that. Let's just talk about disappointment, discouragement, and even destruction. In Proverbs 15, 22, again, I'm staying with the Amplified today, is without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they're established. And I think this is a season where we need to take our purposes, our calling. I know Stephanie and I are doing this in our own life, even with Omni, even with building, even with purchasing more property and different things that we're trying to do right now. This is when you have to surround yourself with a multitude of counselors. This is where you have to have people that you believe can hear from God. Also people that have been where you are going because in a multitude of counselors, they're established. Deuteronomy one twenty one said, behold, the Lord, our God hath set the land before thee, go up and possess it as the Lord God of thy father said unto thee, fear not, neither be discouraged, go and possess it. Fear not, neither be discouraged. I'm living that right now. And then Psalms 103, verse one and verse four, bless the Lord, O my soul. And then you go into verse four, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. I think where I'm coming up from this and and this whole disappointment and this whole season is I think that so many of us are at a point to where we're overwhelmed. And, and I know I was studying yesterday that when my heart is overwhelmed, the psalmist said, when I, my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the place of stability. Lead me to your word. Lead me to your promise that is actually higher than I. I want to read a few more scriptures because today when I was reading these scriptures, they just spoke to my heart today. And, and in this context, a lot of times when I'm preaching, you know, I'm just trying to minister and I'm throwing out as much as I can and trying to create a release in the spirit where people can be activated and set free. But in these podcasts, it's more about communication and it's more about just listening and being relaxed and hearing the word of the Lord. What about in Job 30, 18, by the great force and Amplified adds this by the great force of my disease, by the great force of my disease, my garment is disguised and disfigured. It binds me about like the collar of my coat, my sickness, my infirm, not talking to anybody today that your sickness, your infirmity. Many of you know my story. You know that I'm two years in of when the doctor gave me at one point four months to a year to live. And now they're telling me my heart is perfect. And then we've had COVID three times. We've had RSV. I think now's the fourth time in the last two years. And it just seems like there's this just buffeting to where sometimes be very careful, like blind Bartimaeus, that your infirmity does not become your identity. Be very careful that what you're feeling is not what's coming out of your mouth because from the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaketh. The power of life and death is in your tongue. And even after ministry 42 years and being a believer all my life, being raised, many of you knew my mother, some of you knew my father, being raised with those type parents and being raised in that type environment, it is still so easy for me to catch things coming out of my mouth that is almost self-prophesying and cursing myself, then blessing myself, then speaking healing and life to embrace the infirmity of, well, I'm a heart patient or, well, I'm this, or I'm on this medication or, well, I've had this or, well, I have congestion or what? No, 
Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. I am healed. I am whole. I am a living miracle. If you're listening to me and you're still breathing, you're a living miracle. I don't care how critical that the enemy has tried to make it or what the doctors are saying. You're still here. And if you're still here, there's hope. And I think that's what we're wrestling with right now is this hope deferred is the enemy is trying to take away our hope. He's trying to steal our hope and lock us in this place, as I said earlier, of disappointment. Disappointment leads to despair. Am I talking to anybody that's a believer that says, Pastor, you don't understand what should have happened, what what I was promised, where I was headed, the plan I had, the investment I had, the connection I had, the marriage I had, the relationship I had, the career I had, the ministry I had, the open doors I had. And then all these things seemed to happen and it didn't happen. And I'm disappointed and I've lost hope. That's what I'm talking to today. Psalms 18 and 6 says, in my distressed, when he when in my distress, and the Amplified says, when I was seemingly closed in. Remember what Paul said earlier. Paul says that we're hedged in on every side, we're, we're but we're not cramped or crushed. And he's taking that literally from the Old Testament extrapolation of the Psalms. In my distress, when seemingly closed in, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. He heard my voice out of his temple. The word temple, there's heavenly dwelling place. And my cry came before him into his very ears. Do you believe? Do I believe? And, and I think COVID has dumbed a lot of this down. I think let's just keep talking about this word disappointed because there are many of you, you prayed for healing. You weren't healed at that point. There are many of you. We had people that we loved. And this is where I've had to come to wrestle as a pastor um, and as a man of faith and just as a Christian believer. So I want you to hear me that. The Bible said it is appointed unto man first to die and then the judgment, which means that every man has an appointment with eternity. Also says, Jesus even said this, but that the Lord knows the very hairs on our head that they are numbered. He knows everything about us. Scripture also says that he sees the end from the beginning. So if God is the creator and if he is the giver of nephesh, he is the giver of life in the human soul. And if he sees the end from the beginning and if the very number on our hair is numbered, and if his blood is the atonement that saves us, heals us, and sets us free, then it is impossible for COVID to do something that no other disease, stay with me here, because this is going to offend a lot of people. And I guess at this age, I'm just at the point where I really don't care. Why are we giving COVID the credit of doing something that no other disease? I've never heard preachers say that cancer has taken people out before their time. I've never heard preachers say a car wreck took it. Oh, we have to understand the sovereignty of God. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But when it comes to COVID, we act like COVID took people that God didn't want to be taken. But bottom line, guys, let's just get honest. If people including precious infants, including precious saints of God, precious preachers, precious elders, precious friends of mine. If they were taken in this season of COVID, do you not believe that they were going to be taken in the time of God at that phase of life? If you don't believe that, then you're saying that hell won. 
that hell was greater than the prayer of the saints, that hell was greater than the sovereignty of God, that hell is stronger than the power of the blood of Jesus. And I'm sorry, I just don't believe that. I believe that the gates of hell, the plans of hell, the pule of hell, which is the plans of hell, shall not prevail against the church, the ecclesia of the living God. I believe that we are witnessing seasons where, yes, stuff happens. The wages of sin is death. Yes, disease happens and the human body is weakened and dies by disease. I believe that. But I don't believe that there's any disease and I don't believe that there's any weapon that is formed that can prosper against the child. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. I believe anyone who has passed away in the last few years would have passed away in the times and the seasons of God. Do I understand that? Absolutely not. Do I understand why someone has been married one day and has a car wreck and dies, but I've done those funerals? Absolutely not. Do I understand why an infant could be stillborn? Absolutely not. Do I understand why babies have COVID? Absolutely not. Do I understand why the most precious prayer warriors in our churches have passed away because of things we can't understand? Absolutely not. But I do trust in God and I have faith in God and I refuse to be disappointed or disillusioned in his word. I have to accept it that the Lord giveth and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I cannot accept the fact that when there are multitudes of people praying and fasting and pleading the blood of Jesus, that hell has won. Are you hearing me here? Because it's very clear in the scripture, give no place to the devil. Give no entryway to the devil. Give no credit to the devil. I'm not going to give any credit to COVID, to sickness, disease. I believe people live and people die, but also believe it is an appointment. And God knows that appointment. And many times when you pray and intercede, you feel that decision from God and you don't want to admit it because it's going against everything that your human spirit wants you to know. I think one of the things that it's hard for someone that operates in the gift of faith, working of miracles and discerning of spirits and stuff um, like I have my whole life. Even before I was preaching, there were giftings that operated in me. And I'm grateful for elders in my life and even some old prayer warriors that saw things in me when I was only like 11 and 12 years old and begin to unlock some things in me. I think one of the hardest things with me in healing and miracles is there's times I pray for people that I know that their sickness is terminal. Then there are other people that don't seem to be near as nice, near as spiritual, sometimes not even saved, that I know when I lay hands on them and the Lord reveals to me what's going on with them, they're healed. It's over. They're healed. Um, and it's this issue of trying. We have to remove ourselves from the seed of trying to play God. I don't understand. There's things, I, and I wish preachers would be more honest. I don't understand some things. I don't know why the Lord giveth in some areas and he takes away in others. I don't know why some people, why the wicked prosper. Even David, the wise man, wrestled with that. Why do the wicked prosper? I don't know, but I know that I will trust in the name of the Lord. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. I urge you and entreat you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in perfect harmony and full agreement in what you say, and that there be no dissensions or factions or divisions among you, but that you may be perfectly united in your common understanding and in your opinions and judgments. You say, why would you be putting that in here when you're talking about discouragement and you're talking about despondency and talking about disappointment? 
Why would you put that in here? Because I personally believe that what is hindering many of us from our healing, from our breakthrough, from a position of victory and joy is we have allowed bitterness to get in our hearts because of disappointment and because of disillusionment. We have allowed bitterness to get in our hearts. Did you know there's no such thing, maybe now modern, but when I, when I was studying this like 30 years ago, I have to realize that a lot of things I learned as a young preacher, Google has fixed. So years ago, it was kind of interesting to me from the original Webster dictionaries that there was no such thing as the word unforgiveness. And I've heard people say that unforgiveness, unforgiveness. No, there's either forgiveness or bitterness. It's amazing to me in the Old Testament that bitterness is actually equated to witchcraft. Um, isn't that interesting? And so is it possible that the reason many of us aren't being set free or walking in joy and liberty and freedom in our lives is because we're really struggling with bitterness, which is not of the Lord. And we're struggling with unforgiveness. And it starts with God. It literally starts with forgiving, forgiving ourselves, forgiving others and forgiving God. And that's where I just want to talk to you. If you're struggling with disappointment, if you're struggling with disillusionment, if you're struggling um, with dismay and, and you're just struggling with, with your faith in gender, number one, have you had a fresh word? Whether it comes from preaching, I pray that your pulpits are fresh. I'm praying even today that our pulpit be fresh Sunday. Wherever it's coming from, I'm asking you today, are you are you in a position, whether it's reading, whether it's podcast, whether it's your favorite preachers, whether it's your pastor, whoever, where are you getting your fresh word from? But in your word, faith comes by hearing. And I want to ask you, is it possible to examine yourself, to forgive yourself? I'm just going to end with scripture today because I believe that forgiving is so important to releasing bitterness and setting ourselves free where we can literally become free because forgiveness um, and the unforgiveness, I hate to use that word, uh, bitterness and forgiveness, I think are two of the biggest keys of our healing. Hebrews 12 and 15 exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another. This is amplified again. And to see that no one falls back from and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor and spiritual blessings in order that no root of resentment here we go. In order, watch for one another. I don't know who your brothers are. I don't know who your sisters are. I don't know who it is that you are connected to. Watch for one another in order that no root of resentment. Now look what Amplify says, resentment, rancor, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment. And the many become contaminated and defiled for it. I think that that's exactly where we are today as believers that we have to watch because there are so many things coming out of disappointment, disillusionment, even a lot of your deconstruction is coming from disappointment and delusionment. And the word bitterness here actually refers to something that's pungent or sharp to the taste, something that literally you can taste like a camphor, like an oil that you can taste that causes it to be punching an odor or a taste that seems almost like poison. Here's what I said, something in my note. Bitterness always belongs to bondage. Bitterness belongs to bondage. So I guess what I'm trying to say today is disappointment will take you to bitterness. Disappointment will take you to bitterness and bitterness sets you up 
a heart that literally can take you to a place of what the Bible calls witchcraft, but divination to a place of where it's not a place of God. It's not a place of peace. It opens you up to other things in other areas. So I'm just going to pray for you today um, and just read this one scripture so that you would understand 2 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11, and we'll end. If you forgive any one anything, I too forgive one. And what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sakes in the presence and with the approval of Christ the Messiah. To keep Satan, there we go, to keep Satan from getting the advantage over us because we are not ignorant of his wiles and intentions. We're not ignorant of what the enemy's trying to do. Life and circumstances are real, but then the enemy takes that, twists that, shadows that, doctors that, prepares that to come at us such a way that it could lead us to a place of despair and disappointment that if we're not careful and we're not watching one another could take us to a place of unforgiveness or bitterness. And so today I just want to pray for your spirit. I love, thanks for watching. I hope this was okay. Um, thanks for watching. Hope you learned something. This is just a conversation we're going to continue. We're not through. We're going to talk about this help. How do we get help for it? Today was more diagnosing the issue, but I want to come back with more hope. Father, I thank you today that you are healing. I thank you that you're bringing understanding. I thank you that this has been hearing in our ears and that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. I just thank you that a fresh rhema is being released even as we're reading your written word. And I thank you that healing and wholeness and peace is coming upon my friends today. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next time. God bless.